Hey, church. Good morning. Um, if you see some of our graduating seniors, be sure to give them a high five. Um, that's a big deal. Uh, my name is Maggie Howell Rogers, um, and I am here because I have the honor of introducing this man to you guys. Um, this is Mark Kramer, affectionately known as Kram or Kramer to me and many of my peers. Um, if you don't know Mark, he has been a big part um, of this community and all the communities in which he has lived and worked. He has a very far-reaching impact and has been a volunteer with um, the youth here at this church for 20-plus years, something like that. Um, and he has a really impressive resume of service to this community and to people like me, um, but something that I cherish the most um, that he has offered to me, and I think I speak for many of my peers as well, is his generosity, total generosity of spirit. Um, he's generous with his time, with his wisdom, um, with the scripture, sharing it to, to us. Um, I get to be a part of the young adult Bible study that Crame leads. Um, my husband and I and some of us in the crowd here are a part of. Um, and I know I, I at least speak for myself when I say that I have been just very richly encouraged in my walk with Christ, um, my passion for and understanding of the scripture and, and understanding how that empowers me to also um, empowers other, others in discipleship, which I know is important to Crane. So um, you'll get to know him, I think, a little bit better through his talk today. And I'd love to pray for you just to get us started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this man. Um, thank you for bringing us together just to be able to hear from him today. Um, and I'd just like to thank you for his influence. Um, we are so blessed by, by teachers in our lives um, and by the influence and wisdom of those um, who have followed in your footsteps for many years. Um, and Kram is one of those to me and to many of us. Um, I'm so thankful that he takes his influence and impact, and he bows it um, in obedience to your will, God. Um, I ask that you would speak through him today, um, and that all of our worship, um, all of the growth today um, in your word, um, that we would bow that to you. We know it all belongs to you in the end. Um, speak through Kram. Um, open our hearts to receive your word, um, and allow us each um, in hearing your word today to become more like you. We love you and pray all of these things in your name. Amen. Thank you. Well, a couple of things that I do need to comment on um, after Maggie's introduction. The first thing she said is that I've volunteered for 20 plus years. So in case you're doing the math, I started when I was like 19 or 20. The other thing, I, she referenced me as having wisdom. And I want you to take that with a grain of salt because you are looking at somebody who crammed a four-year education into five at Auburn University. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, Marion said that she wanted me to teach today on something similar that we would cover in young adult Bible study. So I've chosen the book of 2 Timothy and... The reason I've chosen it, it's, it is my favorite book in the Bible. And in, in young adult Bible study, we'd pr it's four chapters. We'd probably take three weeks to cover 2 Timothy, but today we're going to cover it in uh, 15 to 20 minutes. So 2 Timothy uh, was written around A.D. 66 or 67, which was toward the end of Nero's reign. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy 
his dear son in the faith, his son that he loved, his heir apparent, and he wrote to him from uh, Roman imprisonment. Um, Second Timothy says he was in a dungeon. Um, he was chained like a criminal, and his friends had a hard time finding him. So Paul was on death row. He knew that his end was near. And so he chooses this letter to write to Timothy, his heir apparent, and it's the things that Paul would like Timothy to know as Paul dies and as Paul leaves the ministry in Timothy's hands. Um, things that Paul would like to say to Timothy, that Timothy, he wants Timothy to take away. And I think this is, this is one of the um, beautiful things about Scripture, the Word of God, the Bible. I firmly believe it's as relevant today as it was when it was written. We recently studied Nehemiah, and let's see if I can do the, get my Auburn math right here. Nehemiah was written 2,400 years ago, and I think it's as relevant today as it was then. And I think Paul is saying to Timothy then, and he's saying to us today, what he said to Timothy is as relevant to us as individuals as it was to Timothy then, and I think it's as relevant to Chapel Roswell as it was then, RUMC, and I, and I say the entire body of Christ. So let's look at, um, I've attempted to single out four of the messages that Paul has for Timothy. And we're going to look at those now. So, I, I feel like first thing he's saying, not necessarily in this order, but be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And if my good friend Charlie Rogers would bring up 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, we'll look at that together. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed. And I'll stop a little bit. Um, all Scripture is God-breathed, that is, it's inspired by God. We're not going to get into a discussion of, is it infallible, is it, I thought of the other word, um, is it inerrant, um, but it is God-breathed. It's inspired by God, and it's useful for, let's name these bullet points, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's useful for all of that so that the servant of God, you and I, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As we get to know the Word of God, we become more and more thoroughly equipped for every good work. His second point is he wants Timothy to correctly handle the Word of Truth. And this, this is 2 Timothy 2.15, and it says to do your best, or another translation says study, do your best or study to present yourself to God as one approved. I want to be approved by God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. I don't want to be ashamed of my lack of knowledge of the Creator and Lord of the universe, 
who correctly handles the word of truth. I want to be able to correctly handle the word of truth. You may know that currently in the United Methodist Church, there is some certain disagreement on a certain issue. I want to be able to correctly handle the word of truth, and I want to form my own spirit-filled decision on difficult issues. And I get to that point by doing my best or studying to present myself as one approved by God. And so I say to you this morning, if you are not in a Bible study, figure out how to get in one. This church offers uh, numerous Bible studies. Um, I am blessed to lead a Bible study with young adults. Uh, but figure out how to get yourself involved in a Bible study. If you're not in a Sunday school class, perhaps you ought to consider getting in a Sunday school class and find a Bible study through that. But figure out how to get involved in a Bible study. And I would also say, read the Word daily. I happen to be doing a read the Bible in a year uh, program with three other guys. Uh, Charlie and Maggie are also doing it with, with me. Um, but find some way to read the Bible daily. Um, I also want to make a couple of points here before I move on. Um, Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden or stored or treasured your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. As we get to know the word of God better and better, it helps us to become purer and purer, and it helps us not to sin against him. Now, if y'all are thinking I'm saying I don't sin, boy, did you hear the wrong message. But it helps us to move toward that path toward holiness, holiness in practice. Um, and another verse I want to point out to you, and this is, um, this is Paul writing to the church in Rome, it's Romans 12, 2, and he says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Then he goes on to say, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I ask the simple question, how do we get transformed by the renewing of, your, of our minds? We get to know the Word, the Bible, the Scriptures, through reading, studying, and I'll even challenge you through memorizing. And so when we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, listen to what we do. Then we will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Don't you want to be able to test and approve what, what God's will is? And it goes on to say His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Okay, um, another thing that I think Paul wants to say to Timothy is carry on the ministry. Continue pouring into the lives of others. Be committed to discipleship. Be committed to spiritual multiplication. And, I, and so now we look at 2 Timothy 2.2. 2, um, 
I, when I was in college, I was in a um, Christian ministry called The Navigators, and this was sort of our theme verse. And it says, and count the spiritual generations with me, and the things you, Timothy, have heard me, Paul, say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So that is how the church grows through spiritual discipleship. Um, Recently at the RUMC men's breakfast, we had a panel of graduates from from Roswell Student Ministry. There were six young men. Um, Four of them I got to know through our youth group. Um, One is currently in a young adult Bible study with me. He was also in the teenage Bible study with me. All three of them were in the teenage Bible study with me. Two of them were in my disciple group when I was was involved in the youth group. And I tell you, I um, I just beamed with pride to think that I had a teeny tiny part to play in their lives and to hear them talking about the importance of giving back, pouring into others, spiritual discipleship. Then one other thing that I think Paul wanted to say to Timothy, and bear in mind, I think all of these points are said to us today. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.6, Paul says to, to Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. But I'm focusing on fanning into flame the gift of God. I, perhaps all of us at one time or another has started a charcoal fire, and the charcoal doesn't burn as brightly or quickly as we want to. We fan into flame those coals. Or starting a fire in your, uh, in your fireplace in your home, or starting a fireplace, uh, starting a fire in your fire pit, we fan into flame. We take action to get that flame to burn brighter. So Paul is saying to Timothy, and he's saying to us today, to fan into flame the gifts of God. So I refer quickly to um, a passage in Romans, Romans 12, 4 through 8, where Paul gives a partial list of the spiritual gifts. The ones he names here are prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, showing mercy. Just a small list. I think depending on the list to which you refer, there are 18 spiritual gifts. And no, there's no way I can name all 18. Then in Ephesians, he spells out the importance of spiritual gifts to equip us for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up till we all reach unity in faith. Wouldn't it be wonderful for the body of Christ to be built up until we reach the unity in faith? So to fan into flame your spiritual gifts, you got to know what they are. And a challenge of mine to you today is if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, it's time to find out. And it's very easy, uh, the briefest of Google searches for something like spiritual gifts test will give you a number of spiritual gifts options from I think as few as 17 or 21 questions. 
to as many as 108. And I'll share with you, I hope for your sake, briefly, my first encounter of discovering my spiritual gifts. It was when um, our youth minister, Pete Alban, had just gotten here, and I was brand new to youth ministry, and we had a little, um, we had a um, youth leader retreat, and he had us take a spiritual gift test. I scored high in teaching. I had never taught before, and I said to Pete, Pete, look at what a stupid test this is. Look at what I scored high in. He said, well, maybe it's saying something to you, Mark. I don't recall what I said, but a year comes and goes, and we take the same spiritual gift test again, and once again, I say to Pete, look, Pete, I scored high in teaching. This is a stupid test. It's not showing me what my gifts are. Well, lo and behold, about that time, I took one of the biggest steps of faith I ever took. I agreed to be a confirmation teacher. I can't ever remember being more overwhelmed, being out of my comfort zone, and I loved it. And I have, um, I've gotten to teach teenage Bible study for seven years, young adult Bible study for five years, and I say to you... If this sounds like bragging, please forgive me, dear Lord, forgive me. It's not intended to be that. It's intended to share with you that when you discover your spiritual gifts and you use them to build up the body of Christ, there is no way you will be more fulfilled. Even holding your brand new child, even holding your brand new grandchild, there is no way you will be more fulfilled than using your spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ. So, uh, thus endeth this uh, introduction to young adult Bible study and my attempt to summarize my favorite book of the Bible, 2 Timothy, Paul's letter to his heir apparent from death row. He talks to Timothy about the Word of God is inspired by God. He talks about the importance of studying to show yourself approved by God. He talks about the importance of spiritual discipleship and how easily one generation becomes two and two becomes four and so on. I would keep going, but once again, I reference my Auburn math. And then he also talks about the importance of discovering your spiritual gifts and fanning them into flame. So, if I may, I'd like to cl close this with a brief word of prayer, and I believe the band will come up next. So, pray with me. Father, thank you for how you love us. Thank you that you so love the world that you sent your one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Thank you for the eternal life you offer us today. Thank you for your word and for how we can get to know you and your word. And as we get to know you, become more like you, fall in love with you more, become, and become more effective witnesses for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.